Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. I'm here with the coach, John Brett. I'm here with the bet, Mr. Ian Griffin. What is going on, coach? Not much, just wondering about this whole war over there in Russia, Ukraine again. Oh, my goodness. So what? now we got tanks going up. We're going to send them money. We're going to send them this. We're going to send them that. Now we're sending tanks. Oh, okay. Tanks, tanks. What's next? We're going to send them uh, Brad Pitt and airplanes and whatever. And I don't know. So, superheroes. That's what we send Yeah, we got to talk this tank thing, though, because. You know, uh, they are not a member of NATO. That's one. We'd like for them to be, but let's be honest, as we, we held back on that because we wanted, if Russia did get crazy, there was a buffer space that wouldn't affect NATO immediately. So we kind of laid back on that because we kind of saw those tea leaves. So now we're sending tanks over. And I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to say is this. Maybe back in 2012, we shouldn't have moved tanks out of Europe. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. I mean, I only did a research paper on it for my master's is regarding M1 Abrams tank being the best tank that ever was produced up to that time. And but we missed the opportunity of outfitting the NATO alliance with it because we were too stuck on the hmm. stupid, to be honest. Why do we feel the need? These are questions that I've yeah. heard. Why do we feel the need to get this involved in a war without getting involved in a war? Uh, because I'm going to say this is, it's a pride issue. Okay. We spent 70 years in the Cold War, 60 years, 50 years, whatever it was in the Cold War. And uh, we put all that money and invested into it. And we're like, this just drives a stake in the heart of that right there, yeah. of the biggest adversary in the Cold War, which it does, but you know, there, there's a lot of money involved in that. There's a lot of people jumping regarding those things. Hmm. So, you know, we like in World War II, you know this, you studied World War II a whole lot more than me. We tried to stay neutral. We, You know, the neutrality that we were trying to, to balance there. Yeah. But at the same time, we were not really being neutral. We were just not putting boots on the ground. Yeah. So, do you kind of feel that's the same thing kind of going on here? It's close. So we did the land lease program. You know, we, we sent equipment over. And uh, so, it's, hey, you give us money later, da, 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 da. We keep sending money, uh, equipment over, and we're like, yeah, you're going to owe us for the rest of your lives. But go ahead. Right. You know, you're doing the fighting on our guys. But what it, but but there were some secrets to that, too, is during that time, you read the Arsenal of Democracy, and I can't think of the guy's name. Um, no, it's Freedom Forge is what it's called, but it's about the Arsenal of Democracy. Excuse me. We weren't able to really fight, fight. Our military wasn't up to snuff yet, and nor did we have the equipment. So what we did was we gave them a bunch of old equipment, let mm. them run through all that crap, give them a bunch of old equipment, let them run all through that. And if you look at World War II, you know, once the Nazis attacked the Russians, you start going back and pulling back all these Russian vehicles. Uh, there was a Ford emblem on 90% of the, the wheel vehicle. Yeah. You know, I mean... I don't know where they, they have a four plane over Russia. I don't yeah. think so. You know, so we know where that came from, you know, is, is from I mean, it's us. It's not like this is the first time that we try to fight a war this way without really fighting war. Yeah. It's just that, uh, I don't know. It just seems like from a standpoint of a lot of people, like we're so, we're $30 trillion in debt. We'll just start sending billions and billions and billions of dollars over here. And it's not even being like, it's like an old school black ops type thing where it's underground where you don't want to so, talk about it. We're just coming out out and, Right on the, you know, come out and tap the mic. We're going to send $1.7 billion to. So, you know, Russia said, go, wait a minute. They're not in the war, but they're supporting the war. Yeah. So, you know, it's the democratic way is to send money. Yeah. Is, hey, what you needed an acre, we'll send you a couple million. Is that a couple of acre? 
you know, that is to send money. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is the thing that catches the headlines because the media runs with it is only troops. Troops. Mm. So troops get hurt. Oh, shit. We're families, communities are involved. I can have a contractor get hurt and ain't nobody give a damn. Right. But I can have a troop get hurt and the whole nation's like, all the politicians are circle around that 500 and how many is in Congress? Yeah. You know, or, you know, in the Senate, and they're all circle around, like, oh, which, whose district was that in? Is that a contractor get hurt? Who cares? There's something powerful, and I believe that, you know, looking back on the, on the Vietnam War, I think the most powerful visual that we had was caskets coming home with American flag draped over it for the, you know, the media to take pictures of and for us to see. I think it's such a visual. In America, we, we don't want that kind of war. So you, you went from troops to contractors that nobody cares about. Yeah. Then equipment, like who cares about equipment? Yeah. You know, when President Trump was president, they shot down a, a drone. He goes, they said, well, he needs to bomb Iran. And everybody was behind him. And it was probably the most presidential thing he did. He said, I'm not killing people over a freaking piece of equipment. Right. And I like, that was presidential. Yeah. Whether you like Trump or not, Shut up and take a step back. That was presidential. So in America, the mindset is, is a troop though, people relate to that. That's an 18-year-old that comes in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, Space Force, or whatever. They come in and they defend the nation. And everybody can say, that's our, our son or daughter. Yeah. A contractor, everybody looks at them like, those are greedy motherfuckers that are making money. Yeah. That's how they look at them. That's not necessarily <laughs> right. the case, but that's how they look at them. So it doesn't stir the emotion. And then when it comes to equipment, they're like, ah, oh, it's just millions of dollars. They only hired 80,000 more tax agents to tax me even more. I'll be able to pay for it. Don't worry about it. So going now, what, what this is kind of about is we, President Biden just said that we're going to send 30 tanks. Yeah, so let's back it up a little bit. At first, the question was, should tanks be involved? And people pushed Germany and said, Germany, you need to push some tanks out there. Germany has a Leopard 2 and uh, a Leopard 2. And, uh, and Germany... Different from America, America, when we do foreign military sales, we'll sell the piece of equipment to them and tell them that you can only use it for this and this and this. You can buy it as part of the agreement. You can't sell it to another country, da, da, da. Germany is different, though. When they do foreign military sales, they'll go to another country and go, we'll let you build our tank. That way we're in cahoots with it. Hmm. But what they came out and said was none of the countries that bought their tank. And so they've been more lucrative in their means of foreign military sales. Where in America, we have too many congressional people to put their little fingers in it and put too much constraints on it. So that's why the M1's not out there as much as we like. But we pick and choose who we want to sell to also. So, but, for- but, but with that, they sit there and they stopped all those countries that bought from them and said, you can't sell them to Ukraine or you can't send them over. And Germany looked at us and said, we will not send a Leopard 2, Leopard 2, whatever you want to call it, until you send the M1. Mm. And they said, so what Germany did was they go, yeah, America, we got it. You give 55% to NATO, but we're going to be the big bully on the block and we're the big bully on the block in Europe. And we're going to make you do something if we're going to do it. Uh, So we do have a constitution. Yep. And I know I'm going to kind of sound funny with this. The person that declares war on another country is Congress, not the president. Now, president's making a decision, not even based on talking with a lot of military people from what we're hearing, but just emotional decision. Yep. Why is not Congress the one you have that has to allocate the 30 tanks to Ukraine? Yeah, it should be because they're the ones who dictate. 
the president gives the direction for the foreign military sales, but Congress is given the budget and everything else sure. regarding all that. But the, the president can go and work out a deal with Saudi, and go work out a deal with other countries, and then we'll sell these tanks to them, and Congress and everybody will follow suit. Well, I don't know the price of a tank, but I'm saying it's probably half a million dollars, maybe. I don't know. Nine? Nine million. Uh, eight, so, eight or nine? So let's just call it, let's call it eight. Eight times 30 is $240 million. We're just sending to Ukraine. So that's money that's allocated that we pay as taxpayers is going to Ukraine. And Congress is not involved in that. And just remember the president six, seven months ago said, oh, we would never send tanks or airplanes because that would be an act of war. Right. So but now it's not an act of war. You know, but what I'm saying is, how can he make that that decision without someone in Congress saying you can't do that and we we don't allow that? Yeah, uh, That's the way we should be doing things. But should be. Yes. I guess uh, like the, the great number forty four said, elections have consequences, so you get to do whatever you want when you're in power. I guess when you're out of power, you get to grab about everything that the guy in <laughs> right. When you're in power, you go, Katie bought the door, screw all y'all. I'm exactly making the decisions I would have never let the other guy make. Oh, because yeah. you're. Yeah, that's pretty funny that you say it that way because these decisions that's been made about this war, just imagine if President Trump would have won re-election, he made the exact same decision. Oh, they would have impeached him five more times. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Nancy, Nancy would have wore a path down to Congress that a deer would have followed because it would have been so worn out how many times she would have So I don't, in my, this is just my opinion. I'm, you, This was your job, but my opinion is like, no matter what we keep sending, I don't know if we're, they're going to win the war unless... Russia just says we're done. Well, now hold on. Let me, let me say this. The M1 being sent over there is a game changer. Mm. And everybody goes, well, you're sending 30 and they have a couple hundred. Well, go back and do the research that I did in my paper. And, you know, when we did it, we said five to one kill ratio. Yeah. It, it takes out five and then you may get one. Mm. Go look at how many has actually been killed in battle by another tank. Less than this was on his hand. Oh, okay. And it's been around since 79. Okay. Mm. So just think about that right there. The the advantage is astronomical. The best way I can say how different the M1 is to everybody else's stuff, to include, because I even did that, put that in there about the four military cell part, the, the Leopard 2, because it got its butt waxed in Syria. They knocked out like 11 or 14 of them, which is more than in one battle than more than any time has happened with M1 is it would be like putting Josh Allen today fully healthy at the sixth grade football game and say, go be the quarterback. Mm, I got you. That's so the a, difference. I got you. Okay. That's how bad it is. And Josh Allen could let 11 people tackle him because he's bigger than all of them out well, there, you know, and he'd still have fun. So my, my last question on this, because you're the military guys, so on Drudge Report this morning, I was looking up, just looking through the news and said that Russia possibly sending 500,000 more troops yeah, to the war. I wouldn't doubt that. So with that type of troop going into a war against a country that doesn't even have a large army, is this going to be an overrun at this point? Well, so I will tell you what I've heard from, not from the military at all, but from people over across the pond that are not associated with the military, just local people that live over there. And they said this first year was to take it, take it nicely and leave everything there. The second year, as what normally happens in, in winter times in Europe, is there's a winter pause, they reconstitute, and then there's the Russian steamroller. Yeah, so that's, that's, the, that's, that's the their game plan. 
That's the thought of people that are over in Europe. But well, what I've been told is they believe that the Russian steamroller is about to come. And that's probably good. I mean, from a standpoint of them wanting to win the war, that's probably a good game plan. It is. They, they, they tried to fight it nicely and not damage. So what, what do you think the, the, the last thing I want to say on this, what do you think the, poli the political backlash will be or the politics will be involved is if Ukraine just gets smashed this and we're, you know, so many billions of dollars in and, you know, the politics are going to say, wait a minute, we've sent all these billions of dollars over there for war that wasn't won when we could have done this and possibly the war was won. I will say, first of all, I think the politicians on the president's party will say, well, we made, we gave an honest America effort. Sure. That's what they're going to say. And I don't think that's a bad, I don't believe that's a bad call. I mean, that, if you did nothing, you, you did nothing, but they did do something. Yeah. That's what he's going to, that's what they're going to say. Yeah. But let's turn the table in 20 years when we fight somebody, we can surely expect the Russians to do the same thing. Exactly. From now on, they're going to. Where if we just sit back and go, let, let y'all do your thing, you know, do your thing. But I don't think we should have let them do the thing. I think we should have been involved, but maybe a little bit more up front instead of sending blankets and helmets. Maybe we should have seen a lot more. Well, I'm throwing one curveball. What if President Biden and all of NATO said we're putting Ukraine in tomorrow and they agree to come in tomorrow? They won't. They so for from my understanding for Ukraine to become a NATO member, from my understanding, it has to be a unanimous decision. And it's not going to be with what? There's two countries that are outlying it, and they're. they're they're in NATO, but they're too close to the border and wishy-washy. Oh, oh, so they're not. Russia wouldn't be able to make that decision. Though. Russia don't have the choice. Right. So it's all NATO members. All I NATO guess. members have to agree to it. So all would, and they're not going to. I don't believe they will. Hmm. Well, there's I, always I, some deals to be cut. Put Hunter over there. Let Hunter cut some deals. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and Hunter Biden get this thing done. Matter of fact, let's just go to the garage and go get the game plan out. I think what we should do, that. we should do put Hunter and the and the man that, of the art of the deal, Trump, together on a plane and send them over there and get the deal done. I think, I think the one thing 45 could do, I think he would, he would fix that. I no, didn't say that. I, the man stepped across the, the, the demilitarization uh, line and shook the man's hand on North Korea. Now, who ever thought that would ever be done by the people? President? And if you haven't ever been there, let me tell you, you have no idea what you're looking at. There's a line there. There's a fake city back there. And... The American soldiers, I'm five foot 11 in the army. Okay. I'm five foot 10 and a half and our registers five foot 11. I would never even have gotten to be stationed there because we put these six foot blankety blank mother flippers up there with big blue eyes and big freaking muscles. So that scares the living hell out of every one of them. <laughs> and uh, there's a, there's a company up there of like 300 people that every one of them make JB here look tiny. I still, you that. I still think one of the most uh, laughable things was when he stepped over and we took the hand out. I don't, I, I mean, North Korea's president was almost like, oh, please don't. Oh, please yeah, don't. You yeah, just thought for a second, he was like, holy crap. But, just well, because there's two reasons behind that, though. I mean, one, that, that was, nobody's ever done that. Right. Two, they look at him as almost as he's a god. Yeah. It's almost, so you, nobody else touches him unless he wants to be touched. Right. Well, not, okay. no, not, yeah. And no one has ever intimidated Donald Trump, no, no matter no. what you think of him. You know, I'm not a huge fan of him now, but there's one thing that I would say that if I was looking at someone to send in and not to be intimidated, no matter the circumstances, I'm sending either him or Dennis Rod. That's so, it. So leadership, leadership is also about doing it in front of everybody. Yeah. And that's what he, that's the one thing Donald Trump understood was that right there. Soldiers will follow you off a cliff mm -hmm. if they see you doing it first. And you're not afraid to get dirty and not afraid to get hurt. You can get hurt 
And they'll be like, we're following that guy. We're following that guy because he did it with us. Or you can leave uh, in Delaware in a bunker and nobody will follow you anyway. You know? I'll tell you what. Well, so, anyway. All right, so we sent 30 tanks. We'll see what next. We're sending money, sending some logistics yeah. stuff. Now we're sending tanks. What's next? Yeah, there's going to be airplanes. This way it's going well, to be. they say no way we're sending airplanes. But they all they, say they, that about tanks they, too. They, right? they tanks. It's going to be airplanes are next. So. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. All right. All right, so from the coach. To the vet. Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. Oh, oh, oh.